Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, Adam and John back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles. We're just sitting here today with Uncle Frank. Um, going to answer some listener questions and kind of go over some of the gear that we've been using this year and kind of some of the, the things that we've figured out, at least for what's worked and hasn't worked for us as far as switching to this uh, this uh, hang and hunt type, type deal. Um, but, you know, one of the questions that we got posed was... Uh, you know, for late season tactics, you know, as we're moving into the, you know, right now we're in the last seven days or it's what, it'll be the next like two or three days of bow only before it goes to muzzleloader. And then, you know, in our area, it's going to be any weapon because you can use whatever weapon is available in the CWD area. So that nice peaceful Late yeah, bow isn't isn't going to be that, I don't think. I don't normally hunt down here. I mean, where I hunt up north, it's not CWD, so it should be. Uh, <clears throat> it should still be good up there. So, what what are you guys thinking? So, I'm going to try and get out, and um, I talked to uh, Frank's buddy Ernie, his his hunting partner, um, about doing some filming for him, and uh, one of my other buddies is trying to get his first deer with a bow, and I, I think we can do that in the late season as long as you got i mean i feel like you got to commit to it and it's such a i feel like it's such a commitment not because it's cold or anything like that but it gets dark at like three thirty, so it's like if you want to do just like a afternoon hunt and i know that's hyperbole but it that's what it seems like right you it's know about so five but if you want to plan on hunting <clears throat> you know doing it just the evening hunt in yeah. late season, I mean, you better be leaving if you're if you got an hour drive, you're leaving at eleven o'clock noon to get up and get set up and hunt. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, what do you guys? 
you guys thinking? I've got a couple like, thoughts, but well, my thought. I mean, like last year, I just went up and you know, they, the deer get back into their their feeding pattern. They're they're going to food source, so we try to you know, usually there's good snow. Just find some good runways, get back in on them, and you know, follow them back. They're they're just in the acorns right now in the yeah. oaks, or just. Get out of your truck and shoot one right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're the deer. The deer right now are you know like after you get get done with gun season, uh, pressure's really been on them, and they're uh, a lot of the a lot of the nighttime activity is what you see. But uh, the other day when I was up there, I was really surprised. I was I was in the woods about twelve thirty and uh, just happened to walk the wrong way. <laughs> I, w- I went and sat sat in this spot and never saw a deer. And, came back and and there was tracks all around my truck and and a hundred deer crossed the road you know <laughs> within the time i had left the truck and came back so i just i couldn't believe it i says oh, i'm gonna be there in the morning well i got back in there in the morning and sat till about 11 o'clock never saw a deer where all these deer had traveled and so i finally got up and walked over there we're seeing where they'd been turning the leaves up and everything in the oaks well, they were they were bedded in there when I came in there that morning. Pushed them off. I pushed them off. You know, they were all bedded back up in there. So then I walked back in farther, another half mile, and sat until one o'clock, and didn't see anything but squirrels. So I thought, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna work my way back out to the road. So I was working down the trail, going back to the truck, and I'm looking at my tracks, and there's deer tracks on my tracks going toward the truck again you know that way so i i'd push some more deer that way you know so i mean but it i i don't know you know the movement is 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 pretty slow you know this yeah. time of year yeah it's it's pretty it's focused movement right exactly so i guess what has been your like history with the the second rut or any 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 of that sort of thing i mean you're obviously going to be looking for these groups of does or you know it, it's it's one of the things that i learned from frank a long time ago and it's not rocket science but you know you go to an area where you're gonna hunt and especially after new snow it's like you can just walk and see right where the deer have, have crossed and even if you're you know you're going out and like frank said when when you're done hunting look for tracks that weren't there because you're going to get a good idea and then try and you know put the puzzle pieces together but as far as that that second rutting activity or like killing bucks in the, in the snow. I mean, what do you have for guys on that? I really think that, you know, I mean, if you get lucky, you might catch a buck chasing a door with, you know, but for the most part, you're going to, they're going to be feeding. Right. That's what I'm, I'm not worried about the the second rut. I'm just looking for the food sources and getting on the trails and try to get as close to the, you know, as they're bedding as possible without, you know, pulling Frank. Franking it up. Yeah. <laughs> the, walk, the walking I did the other day, out of all that walking, Adam, I never saw like an open scrape or, you know, dirt up on the snow. And they, they had just a minimal amount up there where I was at. It was just a trace, you know. But uh, like I said, they, they're they looking for food. They're looking for something to eat. You know? Now, last year, though, one of the spots that I when we were looking at stuff and I picked that spot out on Onyx, just looking at the topo map, put a waypoint and walked out there late season last year and i mean i found fresh rubs and scrapes there in late season there were still scrapes and so 
And so what made you choose that spot? So I think that that's what, uh, that's what they're asking. So I, I was just looking at swamp, and then I was looking for, like, high spots in the swamp. So I found on my Onyx, I just kept zooming in and out, zooming in and out, and I found some spots. I mean, and they, they don't mark all the spots, you know, like perfectly, but this one was mapped out perfect. Come down to like a point, and then there was like a little island out in the middle of it. And so I put my waypoint on that, walked out there, and as soon as I walked out there, it was just like rub line, perfect, right along out to that point, and then the runway crossed right out through that, and I, my tree stand was literally like 30 yards from the pin I put out, so... And I seen we seen some nice bucks. I ended up hunting that this year. That's where I seen the, the that nice, really nice buck come out. And so, I mean, it's it's possible. I mean, it's definitely it, now's the time f- to look for that stuff. Well, the the reason that I ask, and you know, you say you don't take a whole lot of stock in it or whatever, but I've heard lots of talk about that and about this time, especially, you know, it maybe a week or so ago, but after the does are bred, these bucks getting frustrated and starting to actually travel again and start to open up sign. I mean, my brother has got that, he's got a really nice eight point back behind his house, um, and a little track of, of private land. And, you know, he keeps getting them on camera and his stand his setup just sounds like he's in the wrong spot. He did some walking around out there and walked into this really nasty low ground and, um, water everywhere and then he's like there's fresh rubs he's like are they rubbing right now because there's bark and stuff on top of the snow and it's all scraped up in an area and i'm like well i mean if he's in there and he's frustrated he's spending a lot of time there and it it makes sense you know and that's i don't know if i told you this john or not i don't think uh, oh yeah i think i did on the last podcast when i told my brother i said i'm gonna fucking (laughs) i'm gonna text him and tell him i killed it bro yeah yep that's the one so (laughs) it wasn't an eight it was a (laughs) ten so but yeah i mean i think like for my buddy that wants to just kill a deer and i think that that's kind of like this time of year that's my uh, folks. I'm just going to go fill tags pretty much. And I think it's different if you've got those deer on camera. And I think that that's, that's why that, that deer in the, the, the marsh, you know, that I killed and it just feels like, nah, I, I don't know. I'm super happy. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, but you know, if you don't know that there's a big deer in the area, right. then you're just kind of, you know, and, and especially late season, if you don't have them on camera or something like that, you know, you it's very easy to go in with a mindset and saying, well, that deer's probably already dead or, yeah. or, or whatever. See, I, you know what? I honestly don't even own a camera, so I don't even, I just I'm gonna go out and look for sign. And, you know, that's, that was my point last year. You know, like same thing last year as I did this year, I was hunting for jet during the regular season. Mm-hmm. And so this season I had opportunities and didn't, you know, the, the one opportunity I would have, you know, capitalize on didn't work out but that was a nice shooter buck but i'm gonna go and do the same thing this year now now my late season is more of a a scouting mission for next year mm-hmm. you know I'll, yeah. it's not like i'm not hunting a specific buck or i don't even know what's you know how big they are i just know that there's bucks in that area i knew there was a decent buck just because of the sign from last year and so and then i seen him you know seen him now, my buddy did put cameras back there, and, you know, Jason's got pictures 
of like several bucks, and he said that there was a good shooter, but I never even looked at the pictures. So I guess that being said, are you going to head back and try and hunt back out there, or are you just going to go to kind of where it's going to be a, an easier hunt later in the season just to, to fill the freezer type thing? No, I'll, we'll go. If I get a chance to get back up there, I'm definitely going to go do some more scouting, and, you know, I might sit that spot just one evening or something, but it's mainly going to be I'm going to look for other spots up there, and then I'll go fill my tags probably down closer to 10 area where I did last year. And so you've still got two tags left, right, Frank. you got a doe permit, and then you're restricted. I a, yeah, i got a doe permit for public land, Lake County, and then a restricted tag. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm real happy with my season the way it went. I should have been tagged out anyways. Yeah, I mean, well, let's, know, so. so, so the day I killed that buck in the marsh, I think I said Frank should have killed a buck yeah. that same day, but he was he franked it up. Uh, <laughs> well, it was snow. What? It well, was, tell us the story because yeah. I mean, retell uh, us. Uh, I'm I'm in the stand and it's like uh, ten minutes to nine, and it's really snowing, snowing, crazy. So I put a hanky over my my uh, lens on my bow on the sight. Because you shoot the apex with the, with the, the lens. With the lens in it. And uh, sitting there and all of a sudden, because I hear it over to my left. I look in about 30 yards or so, there's a doe standing there, you know. And I, I, I stood up and I, I had my hand on my bow and I looked at her and I thought, well, you know. No big deal. It's a doe, you know. I'm not probably wasn't going to shoot anyways, you know. And then the next thing I hear is crack right over here to my left. I look, and here comes the buck that was running there. He's an eight point, and he come right in below me. And then I'm in. I'm trying to take this thing off the off the lens, you know, and and stick it in my pocket. And in in the meantime, he he heard me. He was really close. He was probably only like 12, 14 yards. But he moved over into a great position, broadside, right in front of me. Uh, just hooked the release on the string. Was going to draw, just starting to pull tension on the string, and I could watch the snow fall, and it was like heading right towards him, you know. I mean, the wind was taking my scent right to him. And so had the wind switched up, or was it? Like, yeah, it kind of, it kind of, it's like weird, you know. Kind of how, you know how it'll fall sometimes, you know. How, that, was you the know same, like, that was the same day that I had that big buck yeah. come in and, I mean, and it was it was so it was, weird because it just went right to him, and I mean he didn't. It, it was one snort, and that was it. He, they were gone. <laughs> and I said, "Well, they wait around for." I just it. sat back down and put my hanky back over my lens. <laughs> well, well, he he clearly didn't have the same conversation that Ernie and I did because of the, the the conversation was we're just going to shoot whatever comes by. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know. Whatever, but I mean that, that you know that that particular spot right there is it's been good. I killed an eight point last year, five point this year out of that tree, and I should have killed another eight out of it this year. So I'm I'm real happy with the way that went. You know? <laughs> yeah. So you just need to go back there and <laughs> and then and then we're, we're you know in the antler restricted zones. Uh, I I had my eye surgery last year, you know, and I can see really good, but. Uh, the, the buck that came in this year up there, uh, I was watching him. I said, man, I, that's, it's a six. That's all it is. You know, it's a six. And I could have shot him. And you only had a restricted tag left. Yeah, I had a restricted tag. I could have no, shot him 20 no, times. But this is up north. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. 
And then not a not not, a, not, not Adam's cabin. No, this no. is just up north. Just up north, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm going. I'm watching the steer, you know, and I'm thinking, man, he's broadside there, you know, he's broadside. I said, wow, why couldn't he be something else, you know? And ends up deer fooled around for a few minutes, fed, turned, walked into me at 14 yards. I looked down, and he's an eight. <laughs> so I mean, it was just like, and then he was gone. <laughs> I took a shot at him up on top of the ridge and shot right underneath him. So, but uh, it's the way it goes. That's bow hunting, man. It's been a good season. I mean, I was thinking about it today. You know, we, you know, you killed that buck early. I hunted around here and had nothing. I mean, I got really wet. <laughs> I, a lot. You know. You I got had, wet that day, too. I, yeah, I got wet. I just, whatever. That, that's one of those things where my brother was, he's telling me, like, what it looked like out there back by that where that eight point or the that big eight was wrecking all the stuff and i said there's water back there i need to go back there and he's like what no you can't hunt anymore and i said well there's water and he goes well maybe that's what i've been doing wrong I'm like oh, shit i don't know but you know so you killed that deer earlier we hunted around here and we went up to the up killed three deer came back i shot that one you know you should have killed another oh, one yeah. and yeah. you know it's just it's been a, a good well you've been wanting you've season. been wanting to go back to that spot for chris and i were talking about it. i think it was like, like 16 or 17 years it was a long time ago you know and i all and i think that that's because like with the advent of onyx you know now it's just like well now i can go back in there but it, like, well, now that, i have an idea of where it's at that and after our out west trip like oh, you yeah. said it's like there's no place too far here. <laughs> well, no, you, you look at, well, that's what I was, you know, uh, you look on you look on public land here and it's 5,000 acres. Well, that's nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Well, 5,000 acres, you know what I mean? Guys are going, oh, man, what, are you, what if you get lost? How are you going to get lost? There's, it's, you know? Two miles, there's a road. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, just walking. Well, I'm sure if you walk in one direction long enough, you're going to come out to something, you know? I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been lost up in, like, oh, the Big yeah. Bear Swamp. And, you know, I mean, you get turned around the swamp, get it at night. It, it is kind of eerie. If, if, with, with the equipment, but you're not, you know, we have the, today. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. You're not going to. You might spend the night out in the woods, yeah, and might be uncomfortable. But you're not going to be like out west where, oh yeah, you, you could potentially die. I mean, exactly. <laughs> well, you could here too. I mean, I mean, realistically, you could. You, you know, could but, if you're drinking and falling in the water. Yeah, right. You know, dying out in the marsh. Yeah. <laughs> Porcupine spears you or something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> the wolf man what is that the dog man the dog man up in the what is that well i don't know, I don't know. i'm not does, you never hear that the, every eight years the dog man no no oh there's a song about it oh, look it up so yeah so if there's any uh <laughs> up, any of our listeners know the about the dog, the dog man, man. <laughs> let me know <laughs> it's the wexford county dog man or something uh, like that so the Back to all that water and, and, and all that, like especially for the phone and Onyx. I mean, you've already said that I'd be in a lot of trouble if I had to drop my phone a couple times this year. But that's one of the reasons why I stopped bringing the cameras with me is because the, after that first day in the UP, I was really, really wet. 
And that I did, I mean, I lost the camera up there last year. I didn't lose it. I lost my GPS. My GPS is still out there, but the camera got snowed on and rained on and, and destroyed. Um, but also that along with the, um, the 1887 Wexford dog man, John's, John's got it Googled up here, yeah. but, uh, but that and the added weight and hassle and not being able to, to figure out the, the stand and sticks here's, here's well the, enough. Here's the scenario, though. This is why all these guys have a cameraman well, to carry all the crap, you know? Yeah. Well, that was the thing. I, you you know, got to have two guys, you well, know? I did it all season pretty religiously. I, there's only a few days where I didn't film or didn't bring it because it was the weather. I didn't want to wreck Adam's camera. You know, and then there was like one day I carried all the shit out and forgot the camera in the truck. <laughs> Talk about pissed off mile in the swamp, but Did you mount everything? <laughs> no. <laughs> so we need we need to sit down with with Oh, that. you know what? I did mount it. I did mount it. <laughs> and I went to pull the camera Ooh, out. It wasn't there. It wasn't <laughs> fucking there. <laughs> so I left it all up there. I wasn't gonna hunt that stand in the morning. I'm like, well, I'm hunting it now because I got all their shit and I'll bring the camera out in the morning. <laughs> and then it was rainy. So yeah. was Coming up here after season, we need to go up and talk with Aaron Blisey from the Fall Podcast and have him give us some tips and pointers about <laughs> packing the shit and all that stuff. And, you know, I haven't found a good way to pack my gear. But one of the things I wanted to talk about was, A, that, as well as the, the stand and sticks portion. Because, you know, I used two different hang-on stands this year and three different sets of sticks. And I, I feel like I've, I've, I'm able to go up and down a lot more efficiently, but it's not perfect. And there's a lot of things that I learned like with that, but I still, you know, I got that XOP air raid and the sticks because John did, because I knew that John, like I said before, like I, knew, I know that John was going to, to figure it out. So at the beginning of the season, I had that old uh, aluminum gorilla silverback and I had a set of leverage sticks that I did the rope mod on and they were the whole fucking thing was 20.8 pounds for, I mean, it was only three sticks and then we just weighed up the air raid and the four sticks and it's 29 pounds. Yeah. And that's with one strap and only one of the like little shitty backpack, backpack straps. straps. And I had the mollies. the mollies on it. It's probably only another pound, but I mean, you're looking at 30 pounds without any stuff, without any camera gear, without any. Right. That's like without your bow, without anything. Well, like my pack weighed 60 pounds when with all the camera, and that's the muddy camera arm and my fanny pack with all my other gear in it. With the camera, the GoPro. So how are you carrying all of your shit out there? Because I think that that's, that's really important. Right. At first I started out, I had, I was running, I got the XOP, the air raid with the four sticks. So then that's the other thing too, we're running four sticks. I brought all four sticks. So what was that? 15 point. 15.2 was the stand and 13, no other way around. Other way around. 15.2 was the sticks, sticks. Four sticks. And 13.8. That's yeah. real weight. That's right. That's with the straps on the, on the sticks. That's one strap on the stand. 
and when I say stand on the stand, that's the strap that you put around the tree with the hmm. the quick loop or whatever. And then my second one, I do use it, but I use that stays in my pack. And then I just grab it out and throw it in my pocket because I only need the one when I as I get up there. But so I use my XO pack, my frame pack from our elk hunting trip, and that's got the detachable bag. So and it works great. So I use the the frame, and I take the pad the bag off, and we can take some pictures of it and put them on the. Yeah, I think we should do a video on like how um, how you've got it set up, and then I, go ahead because I've got my own thoughts on your setup there. So I I pack I put the take everything off my frame pack, I put the stand on, then I put my bag, my XO bag which I have packed with my extra like. In late season, I'll have my extra, you know, cold weather gear. In early season, I just had, you know, like my light, like a rain jacket, if it was possible rain. And then my other, because I just walk out in my short sleeves. So, I mean, so I wouldn't get all sweaty. And then get out there and change out of that. So my extra clothes were in my bag. And then I'd use that to pad up the camera arm because the camera arm would be in there. And then I'd strap that onto the stand, through the stand to that my XO pack frame. And then I take the sticks and put those on the back side because then the pack, the bag has straps to either pack like you know our bows or whatever. Right. And so, but first, at first, let me backtrack. First, I tried it with just the frame, the pack frame, and then putting the sticks on the frame or on the stand the way XOP, you know, suggests. And that, I think you had made a comment, it's like a shark. It's like a, it's just like so difficult to go through the woods because it, I felt like I was so It's a ridgeback. Deep. And like you bend over and I was like getting caught in between stuff and it was hanging up on everything. And I mean, it's arguably you could say, well, you know, if you had your climber or blah, 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 blah. And I think a, I'm just, I was so used to the climber that I didn't even think about it, but the way that that weight is distributed, distributed, it's like side to side is like almost impossible. It's you're, you're so such an awkward. It brings, what happens is the leverage of your stick sticking out so far, it puts a lot of torque on your, on your back and everything. Right. It's pulling the weight away from your body. I can tell you this, with set it, setting it up and going through with all that weight on and everything like that, if we wouldn't have went out west, I would have been really, really fucking upset. Like, I, I mean, it, I, I would, there's no way I would have stuck to. Oh, no. The, the, but so once I, so that I did that, I think, twice, and I'm like, no, this isn't going to work. Because what I was doing then was I was strapping my the bag, my exo, or my exo pack, I was strapping that on the one side of the sticks, and then I'd put my extra fanny pack and stuff on the other side, trying to balance it out. But then it was still sticking out. It was just awkward. So then I'm like, no. So I pulled it all apart and redid it, put the bag on to the stand, and then then instead of having the sticks sticking out, I like laid them flat and put them on the bag. And so that pulled everything like tighter to my body. And that's like that's the whole point of like the the mountain pack is like when you're packing out meat, that's why that 
the bag detaches, so you put the meat on the frame, and then you put your bag over it, so you're keeping the weight towards the center of your body. Right. You, you're not leveraging it out <clears throat> away from you. So it, it was still 60-plus pounds, depending on what I was carrying, but it was still heavier than hell. But it was dual. It was manageable. I wasn't, like, didn't feel like I was falling, tipping. There was a couple times where I was, like, almost fell over because it was a Well, you like, have to watch it. When you, even, even when I have my climber, you know. I take my pack and I put all my my clothing, you know, all my. Usually, I'm wearing a pair, maybe a a base layer going in, you know. That's if we're going depends on how far back we're going. But by putting that on, and by using that new pack I've got going to my, right to my stand, mm-hmm. and then I have my uh, uh, Primos bowsling. I use that. I'll tell you what, man, it's it's a breeze. I mean, you can, you know, my stand is what twenty two pounds. Yeah, what, what what stand is it? This is a rare shot of Uncle Frank on his way to the stand. <laughs> it's a, we won't uh, post that one. It's a, a Summit Goliath, okay. right? And so, and I started out the season with my Summit. I have the Summit. It's like the three sixty or it's the big Titan one, or the Hercules or I don't know. It's the big. Mine's a Goliath. I Goliath. Mean, yeah, that's got to be what yours is, isn't it? Yeah, it must be. Yeah. Because they make a, a Viper or... A yeah, it's definitely... Yeah, because Jet yeah. has the Viper. Yeah. And I, I have the Goliath, and, and it's... Yeah, it's huge Hercules. stand. Yeah, he's got the Hercules. Oh, <laughs> some... Some uh, it's a Greek... God. Yeah, God. <laughs> but one of the things... So, why I was going to say about, about, like, your setup, like, the way that you do it, is, like, in some ways it seems, like, ideal... But yeah, it still needs some work because you're still carrying your fanny pack, and well, the only reason why I carry my fanny pack is I like the, that my fanny pack is like the is the bucket, or you know, like the it's Sitka, the Badlands. It's the Badlands, but it's it's got I bring it up the tree and it straps on the tree and it's got a hook, and then if I I want to open it up, it's set up to open up, and I can put all my stuff in, or I can just unzip the one side, and so. Like earlier in the season, we were talking before we started podcasting about bino harnesses and stuff. And I know you said that there was a question about that. I started out, I mean, like when I was doing my scouting, like in-season scouting, I had it on 100% of the time. Love it. I mean, walking through the woods, you know, I got my I got my binos there. I got my freaking uh, range finder when it doesn't fall off. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that's a whole other story. But but yeah. So but then once I got to get my shit set up and trimmed down, I end up I end up leaving my harness. I just put that back in my tote. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into the harnesses in a minute because I think but, we yeah. want to kind of <clears throat> compare and contrast them. But the, the the setup is like when I set out this season, like I had like a couple of things that I wanted to do. One was go exclusively hang and hunt, which I did. And I wanted to pare down like all the gear. Like I wanted to like, I knew that I wanted to, I, I, so I filmed a bunch last year and it just was a debacle. I filmed religiously in mist or nicked or, you know, I had just everything go wrong that could go wrong. As far as like, I got plenty of opportunities just to shoot does, but um, everything just went wrong, ruined the camera. Like I said, 
and it, it, it just went poorly. But I, I wanted to pare down like that. I didn't need to bring all this extra superfluous gear with me. So I was going to use just that, um, Pathfinder Alps Pathfinder pack that I got in the, uh, Bowhunter box club. And it was a nice size fanny pack. And that's what Frank had used for years and years was just a, a Cabela's like waterproof fanny pack. And that was like the, the, what you brought with you. And the thing about that Pathfinder is it opened up to a, a backpack and you could put other stuff in it. So I was like, Oh, this would be perfect. Well, it was okay. But the first thing is that that pack didn't have a freaking uh, like loop on the top. Yeah. Like yeah, a loop, like a handle. A and so it was like absolutely useless when you got up in the tree. It was like, well, how am I going to hang this? And then, Second, there was only one big pouch. That backpack that opened up was just one pouch. So if you wanted to like separate anything or things were wet or anything like that, it was just it wasn't working. And I had a real cheap, similar field line pack before that, and so it just it just did not work well for me. And what I had done in the past with my climbers, I just put the backpack on, I strapped the camera arm to my stand, and I just put the stand on right over the backpack and just rode it on my shoulders so that. It, what didn't weigh that much was the lone wolf sitting climbing was maybe 20 pounds. And so this, you know, 28 pounds of extra weird weight. <laughs> and then, you know, trying to, trying to balance it all out. And, and so I've been like really kind of like scouring all the pictures of the guys that, that are doing these, you know, hang and hunt setups. And, you know, it's great that those XOPs, stack like that for a lot of reasons but for carrying into the woods that's not one of them i mean i can't think of like a good way to use that no it's not it's not a it's not a good setup for i mean it's not practical for hauling it i mean the way it sticks out the back just pulls the the sticks are too heavy to have that much leverage on on your back if when you turn them flat and put them back flat and right. against it, it's way better. And I think that that's where, you know, I've seen a lot of different, you know, pros and cons about the um, stick quiver for the the lone wolf. And it's another thing that you got to try and find and take off and in the dark and blah, blah, blah. And then the stick talons, you know, are, are kind of like the same way. And I'm not, I, I don't have enough experience with even like seeing those come on and off. Cause I don't know if they permanently fix or you take them on and off each time. Um, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. So if anybody's got any pictures, you know, shoot me a, a message and just, you know, kind of explain that. And, but I think that that's kind of like a good way. What I was doing with the other stand and that, that silverback stand, um, is maybe as wide as like a vanish or a, a lone wolf assault too. I mean, it's tiny, maybe the size of a five gallon bucket or maybe a little bit wider than the, um, the but the wolf. thing weighed like eight pounds. It didn't weigh anything. And that's one of the things I noticed. And I think I said it in the last podcast, but having that, that, that easy hang bracket would be, you know, that, that would change my, my mentality of the, the, this XOP system. But, See, I, no, I didn't. I mean, I was pretty happy with, it. I mean, it was a little bit of a learning curve, you know, but 
Well, I'm definitely faster with my climber. That's I mean, what I was going. That's yeah. the question I was going to ask. I mean, just because, you know, like even Jet was saying, like Dad, before when you said you were going to get down, you'd be over within, you know, I'd see your light within fifteen twenty minutes. Now it's like forty five minutes. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean it because I'm taking stuff and I'm packing, packing it all up. up, and you know, I mean, I got and then camera gear and all that. I mean, that's the thing with there's two different ways of hunting. If you want to be you know, like extreme lightweight minimalist. Minimalist. Say it for me. Minimalist. <laughs> yeah. Tongue twister. But like Dan Infall, you know, you see him walking out. He's like halftime. He's in his blue jeans and a freaking flannel shirt, and he's got a stand with sticks, a bow, and a camera, and a camera arm. And he, but yeah, I mean, he's got. A little camera in his like pocket of his safety harness, right? And then he's got one strapped to his head, right? And that's, I mean, and and his camera arm is like strapped right to his sticks in the stand of. And, but back. I've heard a lot of people say that he doesn't get cold, <laughs> and so I mean, I, I don't have that luxury. Uh, me either. I freeze. <laughs> I mean, even in early season, my my feet are froze. But but what you know, one thing on that, I don't want to cut you off. But one of the other things I was I was thinking about is that this year, like. Not necessarily as like one of my goals or one of the things I was going to do, but like I was way stinkier <laughs> than than I've ever been. Like I didn't spray down once. I know when we got to the stand when Frank was up in his tree and he looked like a fucking like a, a mossy like teddy bear up there. He was all covered like from head to toe and like I don't know felt it looked like. And he's like, "Did you wear that hat?" It's <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, I was wearing I was wearing an old sweater that I got that his wife got me at a garage sale, mm-hmm. and the old that stinky ass surfside hat. And he's like, "You wore that hat?" Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. But so, like, for you, still using the climber, mm-hmm. you know, and now you've got a backpack and all the, well, all sorts I, you of know, stuff. And, and see that uh, I, it was. You've kind of, always carried a ton of shit anyway, though. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. I think that that's where it got. I mean, I, right. Well, it was a transition, it was a transition from the fanny pack, you know. Okay, now that I'm going to carry clothes and all this, you know, I might as well incorporate my pack, you know, with the stuff out of the fanny pack. So, and, 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 and a, a kitchen sink. And a breakfast pizza. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to have the other stuff in there, you <laughs> the know. Thermos. The cobalt. But the, cobalt what, what I do like about this, this pack. So what pack do you have? Uh... It's a Cabela's. I don't know. It's, it, it, it's like it's a two thousand cubic inch. It's like a hundred fifty, hundred fifty bucks, you know, or whatever, you know. It's a, it's got, but it has, you know, the the main part of the pack where you can put your clothing in there and stuff. Then it's got pockets on that, you know, on the sides, thermos holder, the whole nine yards, you know, there. And then uh, actually, I think the one thing is for 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 like your optics, you know, like a. Like spotting scope. spotting scope or something like that. Well, then it has another pouch that you can put things in there, right there, you know. And then another pouch that has pull straps on that, on the back of that. And what I found that I like about that is if I'm just going to go in and sit, uh, say I'm gun hunting and I'm going to sit on the ground. You pull that. It's got two little snaps. You just pull that, that one off. I can set my seat, you know, my fold-up seat right there, strap it on, pull it tight, right. you know. 
Yeah, and I got a shooting stick and stuff like that that slides right in and holds where the where the bow holder goes, you know, in it. Mm-hmm. it. I really like it. I'm really really happy with it. And so, like John was saying about the the bino harnesses, one of the things what it, it seems like we all came to the same conclusion is that for tree stand whitetail hunting, if you're going to be mobile, if you're going to be hanging your set every single time, or you're going to be using your climber right um it's just not really that practical and so what i what i found with with it was when i'm hanging my sticks i have to lean around the tree and especially on that second or third stick when you're really i mean at least i'm like hanging on for dear life you know with my lineman's belt and farting around up there you don't need that in between you and the tree. And it's you know, banging and around. And you and the it, It's more of a liability than yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, after the first couple, you know, hunts with it, I was like, man, I love this thing, but it's got to go. I got to lose some shit. I got to cut some. Well, the way you guys are, 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 are climbing now, you know, but uh, now I've, I've climbed a tree in my sitting climb, you know, with it on. And it's. It's not in the way or anything, but where it's in the way is when I'm sitting in the tree, I'm hunting. I don't really like it in front of me. It seems like I'm always hitting it or doing something to it. You know what I mean? It's in, Then it seems to be in my way. But I don't think that you really have, I mean, so John and I have. I love it. I mean, well, I, we've, we've had so much time in that harness from right. the well, time we got. I was walking him, out west with it and stuff like that. I'd, I'd be I'd be fine with it. Well, I mean, so from from June until you know the middle of October, you know, basically every time I shot my bow, I right. put the thing on because well, that's shot, what that's what we were doing. I shot my bow with it and stuff, you know, too. Yeah, but did you take a nap in it and climb no, over an no, obstacle no. course and you know I mean, live in it? Yeah, no. I mean that's so when you're saying it's like in your way. Yeah, it just, it's it's, just, it's it, not. It didn't it didn't really fit my particular style of hunting you know when, when i'm in right. a tree mm-hmm. like that i like i was telling you guys i got uh i got my stand rigged up where you know my arrows go on one side got a quiver bracket on the one side got a bowl holder on the other side i can sit there i can stand up you know all in one motion pick my bow up stand up you know i'm ready to shoot no no you know no you no. got your hanky what, what well yeah i mean if it's <laughs> but no see i Okay, so I didn't so, know exactly what version you have. So what exactly is the the bino harness that you do that you've got? So I have the Alaskan Guide Gear, and it's the hybrid. It's got the little. I was looking on their website. I knew it was the hybrid, but I don't see that. I don't know if it's even available anymore. Remember we talked about the magnetic pockets? Yes, on the on, on yours uh, on mine. Yeah, we'll on get mine, we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have the Badlands, but so yeah, mine is the. Um, the Alaskan guide gear and it's a hybrid and it's got like the trunk or whatever but I wanted it because it's got the elastics little and that's what makes it the hybrid it's got the elastic things on the side it doesn't have the zippered zippers. pockets and which is what I I mean I love them they're nice and tight I mean I've never the only thing I ever had fallout was my release up at <laughs> Total Archery point. Challenge that was because I didn't put it in all the way I just was like trying to make some excuses for missing the last shot or something. <laughs> but no. <laughs> so, but I did hunt. I mean, 
I climbed my tree. I put all the stuff on. It was just I was mine was more of a, of a factor if I had to cut some stuff because I, you know, with the bino harness and then the fanny pack and then the camera gear, like and, and then thirty five hundred well, cubic I, I inch pack think, that I wasn't think big they, enough. They, they all have their place, you know. Don't get me wrong. Right, and then you know, and you know, having my fanny pack up there, and then also hunting with a, a harness on. And so what can you carry in yours? Cause, so yours has the main pouch. I think they all have a zippered pocket in the back. The two elastic things on the side and then a big front. It's got zippered front. The zippered front has, like, you can put your uh, range finder in there and it, can't, it has, like, an elastic little bungee that comes with it. It's actually the, the closing loop for the top. It's just, like, an extension off that. And so then you can tie that to your bino harness or i mean your range finder but i like to keep my range finder on a like some d-loop material where i can hook it take it on and off <clears throat> or hook it to my regular harness but and then on the top it's got a couple little elastic uh like pouches too so like when we were shooting uh the 3D. different 3d courses it you can put your card in there, or pencil, or I put my release in there sometimes. But, you know, on the side pouches, I have, usually have my wind checker on one side, and then my um, release on the other side, so it holds my release good. And then in the bino heart, I mean, then yeah, then just, and I mine are the Bear Grylls uh, 10 by 42, so it fits <laughs> perfect. And so the one that Frank has is the um, Badlands bino xr and i got it pulled up right here and it's it's the biggest one i think that uh it's 250 cubic inches and that's the like i think the biggest one that badlands makes and it's got the two zippered pouches on the front on the sides, on the sides. Cubic it's got inch. the yeah or, well that's what or it, cc it says ci huh. 250 ci uh, whether whether that's it or or if it's CCs, but either way, it's big. It's pretty big. But it, in the front, much like John's, it's got a a pouch for the rangefinder. It's like a magnetic it's on the bottom, magnetic pouch on the bottom, kind of like falls down, and then it's magnetic closure um, for your binoculars that o- opens up forward. Both of them have a, a elastic lanyards in them, you know, on each one of those. And in the side pockets, like I say, there's a zipper. Then it has a, a pouch in the back and stuff, you know. It's got plenty of room. I mean, yeah, mine's got the zipper pouch in the back, like where I keep mm-hmm. my, keep my tags, license yeah. and tags. As long as they don't, you're not sweating. Right. Yeah. Racking them, I keep them in a, in a plastic bag. And so what were you carrying in yours? I mean, like for, a, for example. Well, there again, you know, I'm trying to think about incorporating different things you know i had uh i had that little uh copeland saw you know pair of nippers you know trying to trying to do away with fanny pack and in this you know go to this and it was uh eh, not a lot of gear you know i mean your, your binos and then you got your you know range finder in there and stuff basically that was it and so mine is the gear rack bino pack the first version they've since come out with a, a a second version and and i went with that one strictly because i wanted i i 
needed a bino harness for out west and i did not want to spend a hundred dollars plus on a a bino harness the nearest one to that price point was the vortex one and there were a couple other like ones that that had absolutely nothing else it just would hold your binoculars or it was like a neoprene sleeve like the vanguard one we looked at yeah it was just like neoprene i think that was 50 bucks the vortex ones that you see a lot of the born and raised guys wearing that one's like 50 bucks on sale or or whatever there's a few other horn hunter ones that they're all like identical the solo hunter one is one of the horn hunter ones i believe and those were like 60 or 70 bucks uh, this one came out and I think it was 60 bucks to buy with that rangefinder pouch or that their multi-use gear pouch or whatever they call it. I'm not sure. Um, which I love that thing. And I was looking at on John's pack. He's still got one of those on his, on his exo pack deal. Oh, the, the waist belt, that little pouch. Oh yeah. That's the one I, I keep my phone in that pouch. Yeah, it's and it's got a rain cover and all that. But for for the bino harness and the that thing, they had a deal. It was like sixty bucks, and I was able to get it. You know, by the time I needed it, and it's really hard. It's it's rigid. And it's got a nice rigid top, and like Frank's is, I would say, kind of like semi rigid because it's magnetic and it, it's the Bagland, so it's got any of their like pulls are almost like a cord or like a cable with a big uh, plastic coating on them so that kind of makes it a little bit more rigid and yours is just basically like it's not very rigid right it's it's just kind of like a, a pouch yeah i mean yeah it's not but i have no problem i mean it mm. keeps its shape and stuff no 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 but i'm just not, saying it's not like a hard yeah i'm know. just trying to use it mine is like very rigid it's like almost like a hard right um I don't know. There, there is no, no issue putting the binos in it. Or the only issue I have in my harness, and I think it's just because it's my cheap binos, is that they it squeaks. squeaks. It like when I go to pull my, they go really, and it's. I think it's just because of the cheap rubber on that. Well, the bino harness costs more than the binoculars, so yeah, well, they're well, the, about the same. The, <laughs> the ones I've got are uh, ten, ten by forty-two Redfields. And they were pretty quiet. I, of course, they're. Well, I got but yours the is completely bare well, grills. Well, when you open up your bino harness, so the yeah. whole thing falls away. Oh, so there's up. nothing. Yeah, I just pull yeah. up. They're there. Mine. You know. I flip it open and slide. You know, you got to pull them out. Yeah. yeah so it's, yeah, when I open mine up, it's just like the binoculars are right there. But mine simply has that zippered pouch in the back, and then the two mesh pouches Sides. on the side, and so it's just kind of there to hold your binoculars i I kept a couple reeds in it when we went out west i had my tags on the inside and then i had my wind checker in it right no and that was the thing like when we were out west that's when i i wear my rangefinder on the outside to the and it's my d loop is looped around the harness for my bino harness so that way it's always out it's always right there i can pick it up it's right there and inside the the core of my body. So like if I just grab it and pick my hand up, people can't see this, but it's in my hands are inside <laughs> the width of my body. So we got you. We got you. But then, so that opened up my pouch. So that's where I kept, you know, like my little 
grain finder pouch on the front of mine, that's where I kept all my reeds. I have a Phelps reed pack, but that thing's a pain in the ass. I mean, it's nice to put them in there to dry them out or whatever. But to open it up and try to reach in. And just grab one. And grab one. They're yeah, all grab, stuck together because right, yeah. they're slobbering all over them. Oh, yeah. I got the Primo's one. It's the same deal. It's just oh, yeah. a bunch of dicking around. Yeah, it's nice because it's a mesh. And so they like throw them in there and dry out overnight or whatever. But for during during the day, it was so much easier just to have that zipper. And it's just like, and there's enough room where you can just reach in one hand and not have both hands trying to get into that. Plus... They're not very big, and I, my hand's a little bit large getting in that tiny pouch. Yeah, I, I mean, I I even messaged the guys at Gear Rack because um, they're great guys. I mean, they get right back to me and all that stuff. The only thing that I would change, so on, they have a uh, their second version. They change like the the straps as far as how it connects because it is kind of on the first generation. It's kind of awkward when you unsnap it underneath your arms when you go to like grab it it, you can't help but tighten it up and so it's just everything is just kind of like an awkward spot underneath your arms Um, do you have to unsnap yours take it on and off or do you just can you just pull it off i would have i mean mine just goes you know it's on i don't have to do anything to it i could probably do that but I I feel like I'm always fucking like I have <laughs> I got I got so much other shit on you well, know. Well, I your, mean, you know, I, I was your, just your, going on over my, you know, my camouflage jacket, you know. But I mean, yeah. when I when I put it on, it's simple. It's just boom, it's on. You know, there's no unhooking anything. You know, you just slide it on. That might be the pro. That might be one of the problems why. It always seems like in the, it's in the way because if mine was that loose, it'd be like down here. Well, I can tighten it up. At my belly button, and I could you know probably I mean? take I, it on. But what I'm off. saying is, I can tighten it up. But but I mean, just by putting it on, though. Oh, well, I like mine. You have to unsnap it. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I could probably get it off. But I it, see, and once mine's on, it's just you just pull it tight. You know what I mean? It pulls right to your body. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that I just so you're like putting it on like a shirt. Yeah, you just put it over. You know, like arms through. I think Boom. we need a video of this. <laughs> I'm not. Hey. <laughs> well, see, I, I, I mean, ain't BSing you guys. Well, like ours has four clips, yeah. you know, snaps. So I just unsnapped a, one side one and one top one, and I pull mine you off the side. See, I just unsnapped the one underneath my arm, and then I just lift it up and over. Mine. mine goes right but, on. But so, so with mine, the one thing that I wish that it had was that little piece of elastic on the top. I see even the, the watching the born and raised and all of that. They just have their phone underneath there when they're doing their Onyx and and everything. Right. I've seen you do that, but like we when we were when we were shooting 3D and it was 80 degrees out and you're sweating your balls off, you know that's right up against your chest. You pull out my scorecard and it's like, yeah. like yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd rather not. So yeah. I I've, my phone I got that big Otter box on my phone and so it's kind of it's a little bit tight to get that in and out. So that's why I've been using that. I use that little the gear act pouch on the my belt on the belt of the pack to hold my phone. As far as comfortable though, so. Well, it, I, I have no complaint. I mean, about every, the bottom. Mm-hmm. No, that's it's comfortable. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's just something that you know. If, if you hunt 
you know all your life without something like that then you know you try to hunt with it you know what i mean and it's you know it's old dogs new tricks you know and stuff and i you know i like i said hunting hunting if if i was walking in or walking out or or hunting that way i'd use it you know out of the tree eh, yeah take it or leave it you know so who were we talking to i i know i heard it somewhere but as far as we were talking about bino harnesses and you know if you watch the guys on the hunting public they just use the strap the straps and we were talking to somebody i think we were talking to joe and he was saying you know if you're going uphill the thing's always whacking you in the nuts like because it's <laughs> sure. just because of the where where it's swinging and if you watch where those guys are wearing them you know by the time it, right. it ends up down around their stomach yeah if you're like crouching or crawling too and i've got one of those vortex harnesses like that and unless you tighten it up super tight it it just always feels like it's bouncing around and i'd say with you know with mine and i'm sure yours was the same i mean you you have it on there and it's it's just like locked down i mean when we were in idaho i was i was running around but were you guys crawling on your bellies Here's the, here's the thing. Maybe I'm that's thinking, what we did wrong. I'm thinking of mine. If if I'm going to crawl, like I've watched those guys do, you know. It'd probably come it, open. It, it's it's like a freaking, you'd have a bowling ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right here. Well, you that's know? your belly. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> a little offset. <laughs> no. But what I'm saying is, is you know, I could see where that could create a problem. You know, if you're trying to trying to do a stalk you know what i mean and you're you're getting right down in the in the, the grass or whatever you know well that's, well, at that but point i mean i, I we kind of got down and did i mean i've screwed around with mine and shit i don't i mean it's not it's pretty low profile i mean yeah it's sticking out i mean mine, it's not mine, like you're gonna belly crawl it on obviously you right, got a freaking right. pouch there but you know but it's but, but it's not gonna dangle or or anything either like where or, or drag your binos through the dirt like i see oh no on, mm-hmm. uh, zach did that drug his bot i mean, binos definitely, right I, mean I could dirt. definitely I, I i could crawl with it you know but it would be a little bit you know cumbersome to you know try and be quiet you know what i mean half ass quiet anyways you know for me you know yeah if you can't hear it they have deer must not be well, able to there's a lot of things i can't hear you know <laughs> What? But, that's why but that's I think, why I come out and I look and there's tracks in my tracks, you know. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, I did it again. They're laughing. <laughs> Here comes Frank. Let's go the other way. So I mean I, I guess you John, you would certainly buy your bio harn skin. You got no complaints. No complaints at all. Frank, yours Absolutely, is, I'd buy it. For me, the only thing about my harness is that it doesn't have any more storage. I knew that when I got it. So it's like bare bones. If you're looking for budget functionality and it'll it'll carry just your bare minimum. With yours, mm-hmm. it's I mean very durable or i mean you haven't had have you had any issues with like rips tears no any buckles no or? no nothing in, in, and and you know if you, if, if you and if you want to see mine 
Go on GearX uh, Instagram and look for uh, a dude with a giant mule deer. And uh, that's my brother wearing my uh, wearing, your, my, your... wearing my harness uh, when he went out to South Dakota. We're going to get those guys on here in the next uh, week or so to talk about South Dakota public land hunting because you can hunt mule deer or whitetail out there. So, um, but yeah, that I, I guess I haven't gotten it back from him yet. So I don't know if he destroyed it, but <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. He didn't mention it. But yeah, no, I, I've had no issues. I did have my binos like start to flop out of it once but i had i didn't latch the mm. thing so i mean that i can't fault the, the harness for my i think not that's, not latching that's where maybe the magnetic one i've never had them open up and so mm-hmm. one of the things john was worried about with yours was the noise factor um well does it snap like you can if you close it you know with both hands it doesn't make any noise. But if you do slam the door, <laughs> clunk. You know what I mean? She, well, the other thing, too, snaps. is that, well, see, yeah. I, like when I was back researching it, there was a guy on there that had, you know, like a $1,000 set of binos, and he went to jump a crick, and he jumped, and the the door came open, and his binos flew out, and the straps, this, do you use the little straps to hold your binos? I don't use the, the, so the I don't lanyards either. in there, but you you should. Right. You should well, put the lanyards on. But it didn't even, the lanyards failed too. And his he watched his binos, his expensive ass binos, into the creek and gone forever. Really? <laughs> yeah. So he was, he was pretty upset. Hmm. No, I've never had it open up, you know, other than the fact that just, I opened it. But, I mean, know? that's the thing, like if you're jumping or like, jumping across the creek or like some of the stuff that we were out west i mean could have been yeah it would have been especially like when that bull was going and i was going through all that stuff and there was like blatant disregard for like anything like when you said you know when that first bull cracked off and you're like it was a yard sale i mean it's amazing that we brought back all the things that we did i mean i left my buccal tube a long ways back the one day well, I did. Lose, I lost it. like the cover to my freaking rangefinder. Yeah, I was really bummed about that. That was like the last day too. <laughs> I lost the little magnetic cover. I'm still but it, bummed about that. Well, but yeah, what? I mean, it, they certainly could have. I certainly could have lost them. I mean, that would have been the time that it would have happened, is because you were not I even had thinking one on about my that. other one. The one you got, that thing was just a pain in the ass. The cover, the magnetic cover, didn't work good on mine. Oh, it worked great on this one. Nah, I got now. I don't even. I don't have a cover on mine now. I I just leave it and I you know I have a I have a tissue and I just clean the lenses when I get out there. You know. Let's well, see now. I before we went out west, I bought that little one of them Nikon camera you know lens pens. Mm-hmm. That thing works great. I use it. I keep that in my. But as far as that that, that thing, what, what's the, what is that one? Uh, uh, the brand name of, of the one you've got, Rangefinder. Oh, it's bullshit yeah, yeah. equipment. Yeah, bullshit equipment. <laughs> it's like the Whitetail <laughs> Innovations or Wild Edge. Wild, or, or no, wild, 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 wild Game, game. Okay, and it had that magnetic cover on it on the front of that thing. That thing was, was BS, man. It never worked. Well, this you mine's know? a Nikon. It's the Aero ID. Well, I've got so. the Nikon, too. Right. You know? And I like, I mean, this is for the little camo cover. 
and it had a little magnetic cover and it kept my because here's the deal if you if you screw up this lens which the is bottom. the bottom the laser the actual laser lens right. you will not have accurate yardages like so because i actually cleaned this one time without with the wrong shit and i don't know if i left a film on it or not but no matter what i did it would say eight yards excuses <laughs> no <laughs> i was like i was gonna i was gonna send it this was during this was after season i'm like because i was i cleaned it all up and i'm like oh i'm cleaning up my gear and i'm like my rain trainer's fucked up and the, the warranty's almost up on it and then i end up what i i end up cleaning it with some with a and had some lens cleaners from and so i redid it and then it was fine but yeah but that's what was nice is to have that cover just like especially when i leave it out and if we're crawling through the shit or you know especially out west man we were after we got done chasing that one bull we were both covered in soot and dust and black just going through the burn yeah, yeah. gnarly going through the both i mean knuckles bloody freaking so shit I mean, stuck in our bow strings and cables you know you mentioned that i never clean out my cam tracks or anything <laughs> like that i mean the bow still works <laughs> it's effective um but but yeah so the i've got those badlands ion pants i washed them they're just the like the ass of them and like the knees from all that burn it's just black like just tarnished like never coming out mine came out my stuff came out i even washed my bino harness because that thing was gnarly that was that was almost white from my sweat but. i'm sure that mine stinks like if it's anything like my hat or any of that like i threw i threw all that like the bino harness ann's got one of those my wife has that i think it's norwex mm-hmm. but it's just a laundry bag so it don't rip shit up or get tangled. So I just threw all that stuff in the laundry bag. Like your socks. Yeah. <laughs> My darn tough socks. Hey, they have a great warranty. No, they it cost me like three bucks to send them back. They gave me twenty five dollars towards a new pair of socks in their store plus free shipping. So I ended up getting a a new pair that I've wore now probably half dozen times and then i think my new dog chewed a hole in the top because well, he's a, better in the top than in the bottom he's a sock monster so i think that's kind of like all the things that like i kind of want to go over tonight and then the, we had the questions from you know the guys on instagram and then of course walter walter he says what's adam's most embarrassing story I'm like, I don't know. How many do you need, man? Like, I got stuck in a tree. I dropped the bottom of my fucking climbing stand. I've went out multiple times without arrows. I missed a bunch of deer. Had a shit-ass season last year. I mean, embarrassing. I don't know. You got I, wet a lot this year. I, I did get wet a lot this year. Uh, but, I mean, I, I, like, I feel like I came on here saying, like, I have said multiple times, like, I love to talk about bow hunting. And I've had a tremendous year this year. It's been amazing, but like the world's worst bow hunter. Yeah. I mean, 
the biggest deer I've ever seen. I was guaranteed that I shot him in the face. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know how much more self-deprecating I can get. I mean, why don't we have, in lieu of the Adam's most embarrassing story, because the reason we wanted to get Uncle Frank over here is somebody, there's been a, a lot of clamorings for um, more Uncle Frank. Can we can we get a tale of the garbage man to, to kind of round this out? <laughs> what, I mean, where do you want to go with this? <laughs> whatever, whatever you want. Well, I, I, I thought about, I thought, and I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> I thought about this one where I used to, I'm not going to mention my boss's name, but we used to work together and had a, the truck that we used uh, was a, for residential, easy to get in driveways and stuff. And it was a, I think it was a one ton Ford, had a, a six yard or a packer, a little small packer on the back, you know, it was a. Very portable deal, you know. And we would dump this truck into the other, truck. the other trucks. Well, the one night we're we're out on on this route and Bowie and I are scratch it. We're we were together anyways and and this thing had doors on both sides. You, and you open it up, you know, you can lock the doors open on it on and the packer would go, you know, and it was lighted really, really nice, you know, and so we were going down these streets and just, you know, dumping in both sides. Well, he dumps his cart in, and I'm watching him, and the, and, the, and the truck had garbage in it, too, you know, from the night before. So, you know, it's it's packing already, you know. And I look, and and there's a, a beagle dog. Somebody had, their dog had died, apparently, and they put it in their cart. And he he's standing there and he's he's holding the lever down with his with his arm, you can picture this, and looking in, you know. And in the blades going ahead, packing this this pretty good sized dog and he was puffed up pretty good, you know. And I'm going, This isn't gonna be good. So I backed up on the other side. And if you guys have ever seen Men at Work, the the movie where the locker blows open and blows the shit all over this guy. That's what that. That's what happened to that. All of a sudden, he is. He's like he's looking, and all of a sudden, it went boom like that. And he has this greenish brown ooze all over his face, and he's kind of looking at me across. And he's going, "Ooh!" <laughs> and I'm going, "Wow." <laughs> I can't believe you did that, you know. And he goes, I, I, I got to go home right now, he says, and change my clothes. And I said, I said, I think you're going to need to change a little more in your clothes, son. That was just, just one of the times that we something bad happened, you know. Oh, that's a good one. So, so for those of you that were clamoring for more of Uncle Frank, this is this is not even this is scratching the, the surface. Right. I'd never heard that story before, so I didn't know where he was going. I, I've I've heard a lot of them, but you know, I mean, if you pick, that was classic, though. I mean, it was it was just I I, I looked and he's just you know he's just looking at it, you know, holding the lever down, you know, and I'm going. 
oh, this can't, this ain't going to be good. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, just, I backed up, you know, I got out of the way on the other side. Next thing I know, it just poof, like that, you know. <laughs> I'm going, whoa. <laughs> he looked at me and I went, whoa. <laughs> he, he, had, uh. he, he had full beard and stuff. We, his nickname was Moses. <laughs> and I'm telling you, Moses was not happy. <laughs> Uh, it was bad. Uh, All right. Well, so, so, so well, Walter. Just, just leave you with that. That, that, one's, that one's for you. Um, you know, it, I just want to say thanks to everybody for listening. Um, and, you know, followed along with us. And, God, if you're still following along after that, <laughs> you know, please shoot us a message and tell us what, what you think about uh, that, that type of stuff. Because, uh, you know, Frank Frank's my father-in-law, and he's got tons of different stories and things like that. I'm trying to figure out a way to to kind of incorporate, you know, that some of this, some this of history, the, some of the gems, um, but but some of the gems, yeah. You know, uh, well, when you're when you're in the industry for 28 years, you know, I mean, it's there's bound to be some things that you know you run across are a little comical, you know, here and there, you know. <laughs> But yeah, we've got we've got more uh, more hunting coming up here for you. I'm going to try and do some filming for, oh, for yeah. these guys. And I think um, in last week's uh, podcast, I had mentioned I was going to go to Idaho and do some bird hunting. But that Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. Iowa. Idaho. I got elk on my brain, but no Iowa. And the weather was so bad, we ended up staying home and we went perch fishing instead. So we got, but the perch fishing's been excellent. Yeah, we had we got. Our two limits of perch each day. I'm going hours. in the morning. So, yeah, we we are sitting here before the podcast trying to figure out, you know, all of our plans and the things that we've got coming up for next year. Trying to trying to figure out some hunts. Try, John wants to do uh, a deer tour. He was talking <laughs> about, but then he goes on to say. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to hunt very much. So it's like, well, depending on my, I don't know, the current situation. I'll have wife, to, I'll have to look is, at my calendar. But I think it's open. I would love to do like a blue collar deer tour, like yeah. just freaking stay right in the truck and drive around over the counter tags and just. Shoot what we, I'm in. Shoot what we can shoot. I'm in. But I, I might end up uh, being single. <laughs> I might be living in my truck permanently. <laughs> if if I don't uh, do this, I'll be single. So I mean, I you know, I don't have no choice. <laughs> but yeah, we've we're we're trying to put together some things for next year. Um, definitely going to be doing some some out of state hunts uh, for some things. I think we're pretty much all on board for South Dakota antelope. Yep. Um, we just got to figure yeah. out as far as putting in for tags for that. Um, you know, obviously more public land, Michigan hunting, where by the grace of God, we're going to kill a damn turkey with a fucking bow because, <laughs> you yeah, know. I, I didn't even make it out this year. I was, it was pretty. Uh, it was a rough, yeah, it was a rough, rough time through there. And that, that's one of those things where you, like, put yourself, you know, you build yourself up. You're like, all right, we're going to go out, we're going to kill one. And, <laughs> you know, last year, the first time out, you know, right. send one over their back, 
and he could have <laughs> killed him a couple times. But you know, Frank's over there, you know, just calling him in. He's like, I could have killed him at four yards. I could have. What was the deal? Not shooting Jake's, or or what's the deal? You know, <laughs> and yeah. you know, it just always, it always goes differently in your mind. And I think you know, this year is a, you know, a perfect example of that. Is you know, a you don't have the camera and then, you know, everything kind of happens or you go out there and it's like, well, we're just going back up to the old spots where, you know, we got, we don't know what's out there or whatever. And it, maybe Frank can um, redeem himself, defend himself, whatever. But, I mean, we opened the podcast last time, Frank, by saying like, and you know Frank will say, I told you that damn deer was in there. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> But well, yeah, we're gonna we're we're gonna try and um, you know put together some hunts next year and 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 just trying to get it figured out. So if anybody's got any ideas on you know do-it-yourself hunts here in the in the Michigan you know you know close to Michigan area, um, you know we're all ears and especially turkey hunt. I wouldn't mind going out of state to hunt some turkeys. Um, yeah. Have you ever been? Uh. We went down to Illinois that time. We were told that uh, you could go down and buy a license over the counter. So Ernie and I and Chris went down in the spring. It's fall only. <laughs> <laughs> so we so we scouted deer. <laughs> yeah, that was down in southern Illinois. It was, uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> went on a whim, you know. <laughs> you want it for October? <laughs> down there, you know, and we said, yeah, we'd like a turkey tur- uh, turkey license, turkey permit, you know, and they're going, uh, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, the guy told us, you know, you can buy them over the counter. You can. Well, I said, I'd like one. He goes, no, in the fall. <laughs> I'm going, oh, not in the spring? No, no spring hunts. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's how it goes. Well, all right. Get your information straight. You know? That's <laughs> yeah. all I got to say. Parting cards. Get it. your information yeah. straight. Keep it, keep it straight. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, continue to follow along, and we've got some uh, – Pretty good podcast coming up. We got some guests coming up. Uh, um, Adam from Sound Barrier. Uh, we're gonna have Kevin Vincenson on here pretty soon from the Deer Hunter Podcast, as well as, um, like I said, we're gonna talk a little bit of uh, South Dakota do-it-yourself uh, hunting with uh, with my brother. Keep following along, and like I said, if you got any questions, anything more you want to hear, uh, just let us know. Thanks for listening. See you. Bye.